Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. I know you must be going crazy because you're looking outside of your window now and you're seeing insane people trying to protect themselves from the world that they're designed to live in. Yes. Today we're talking about the delusion of diagnosis and how to reprogram your brain. So we're literally going to take um, the delusional view of the world that you can get from virtually any media. So let's look at this. Let's look at how your body works. Now, when I say the delusion of diagnosis, um, most of the people that come in to our office um, have a diagnosis. You know, they got cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, something, you know, radiating pain, neuropathy, something. They're going to have some kind of diagnosis or label. Now, what's wild is the comorbid conditions for COVID-19. Now, this is hugely important if you want to die from this disease. You have to have a comorbid condition. At least 99.93% of the time, you have to have a comorbid condition. So if you want to get sick and die from this, and believe me, I'm saying this not tongue-in-cheek, because when we look at the death rates, they're very, very low. So what kind of comorbid conditions um, do you need to have in order to die from a COVID-19? Well, you cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, COPD, asthma, kidney failure, liver disease, immune deficiency, and some type of malignancy. Now, uh, it's interesting. There was a professor from, actually, a Department of Clinical Microbiology and Immunology at Tel Aviv University, just wrote a brilliant article, okay, and history will judge the hysteria. What a great title. Okay, so now he goes on to say, listen to this, quote, the ongoing destruction due to our inability to admit this mistake, despite the epidemic's small mortality numbers, is outrageous. History will judge the hysteria. If we had not been told that there was an epidemic in the country, you would not have known there was such an epidemic, and you would not have done anything about it. Now, he brings up some facts. Okay, now the total number of corona deaths doesn't exceed 0.1% of the total population of any country. And the death rate from coronavirus is less than 0.01% of the total world's population. That means that 99.99% of the world's population has survived the epidemic and will. It's negligibly lethal. So, and now why are the countries going crazy uh, putting in these restrictions? Well, let's look at how the brain works and how the body reacts. Okay, and this is hugely important because we really can't um, change the, uh, the way the governments are responding because particularly in America, it's an election year. Uh, so we have to deal with it. And how best to deal with it is to, well, let's stay out of jail and let's keep our bodies healthy. So let's look at the brain. Now, when we know that, that the brain, and we're going to go over parts of it, but you're going to learn about the hippocampus, which is part of the emotion system or the limbic system. Now, this is involved in depression, PTSD, bipolar disorder. It's everything, and it's also programmable. So we're going to learn about that. But remember, when we're looking at the comorbid conditions, America is not a very healthy country. 
And in fact, depending on the rate of autism you're looking at, and granted they're checking eight-year-old kids when it starts around three, you're looking at around one in 28 boys have uh, autism, and that's a permanent mental disability. 54% of children have a chronic illness. 60% of adults have a chronic illness. And these, this is a species that's very, very sick. And so when we look at this, what, what's the, should we be looking at a disease that 99.99% of the population recover from? Um, and that only a small percentage dies or gets gets injured by it, we should look at that small percentage, don't you think? Well, we've known way back, and I mean way back at the start of this, um, the the Diamond Princess. Now, just for for shits and giggles, because I know the talking heads on the news aren't going to uh, give you factual information because you really want to create a panic, particularly if your sponsors of those news programs are the pharmaceutical industry. But just imagine uh, you had 3,711 people on a cruise ship. So they're, they're breathing in the same filtered air. They're on an enclosed area. They have um, about 1,300 people over 70 years old. And, you know, in our culture, they're generally not healthy people. Now, this virus rips through there, and you could use all sorts of really scary analogies. The problem is, when it did go through and they found out a lot of things about the virus. For one, it infected 712, or 712 people had a positive um, uh, test. Now, the tests are kind of tough to deal with because it can give a lot of false positives, like if you had a flu shot in the past, you can have a false positive. Um, but it's testing to see if there's a presence of the virus not if there's a number of viruses. And since your body has 70 trillion viruses, you're going to get a lot of false positives. But in this, so not just let's just go on the test inaccuracy and what they got, because this is what you're being told in on the news, uh, about 19% of the people had been infected by COVID. Okay, so that's a lot. That's seven, over 700 people who were infected. How many people died? Seven. Now, now, this is an enclosed environment, no masking, no social distancing, no isolation until after they found out there was a problem. And out of the, the 80 to 89 group, there were 216 people on this boat in the 80 to 89 age category. One person died. Now, that's a tragedy, but wouldn't you want to find out what that person, if they had comorbid conditions and the health of that person? In the 70 to 79 age category, there were 1,015 people on board, and six of those people died. And wouldn't you like to find out that out of the 1,015, there were 1,009 that survived this? So... Does it affect everyone? Does it affect children? No, not according to this. So when you hear those crazy numbers, one person infected another, another person infected another, another person, and this <laughs> was brought home to me this past weekend because a friend was on, uh, we were just hanging out on the boat, 
And they said, oh, my gosh, there was this party that 15 people were out, and, you know, one person infected them all, and they all got sick, and one person died. I told them, I said, well, that's unusual to have a 100% susceptibility rate. Wouldn't, we, wouldn't it be nice to do um, a study on all 15 of the people there and find out uh, what caused their immune system to be weak? So instead of getting in panic mode, I want to attack the logical center of your brain. Now, when you see those numbers, one person infects three, three infect um, nine, nine infect 27, 20 infect seven, infect 54, and within 24 hours, the entire world is infected. Okay, now that is assumes a 100% susceptible rate. So you have to have a susceptible individual. We know that from the Diamond Princess, and we also know that because this is how viruses work. Viruses don't attack everybody at the same, and not 100% of the people are 100% susceptible. That's foolishness. That's psychotic. That's not, that's not science. And then what are the actual numbers? How long does a person get it? Do What percentage of people get it acquired immunity? What percentage are already immune? What percent are damaged? What percent recovered? What percentage dies? Okay, now all of these questions need to be asked, but they are not being asked by conscious people. Um, and I, this is a brilliant article out of uh, MedRxIV. Quote, this is the top, the, the um, title. Population-level COVID mortality rest for non-elderly individuals overall and non-elderly individuals without an underlying disease. And they found out that if you're less than 65 years old, you have between a 97 to a 99.3% chance of not dying without, without underlying predisposed conditions. Okay, that means that you have about, a nine, on average, 98% chance, if you actually catch it, okay, of, of dying. Now, this, this is not a healthy group of people, okay, if you're looking talking about America. But they did data from around the world. You're talking France, Italy, Netherlands, Sweden, Georgia. And they said people that were less than 65 had between a 36 to 84-fold lower risk of COVID death than those greater 65, except for New York City. New York City is unique. They're um, uh, dropping like flies in there, but of course their interventions have been insane. Most of the cases come from locked-in people. They've removed a huge number of affected people into the the old folks' homes. They're doing completely draconian lockdowns. I mean, you know, why why they still have the mayor alive there is incredible. So let's look at this. When I talk about the delusion of diagnosis, what kind of conditions are people getting that they die from? Well, number one, when we look at cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, kidney failure, liver disease, all of these things, they could be stress-related disorders or adaptations. Now, you have an automatic nervous system. So to, to label somebody with high blood pressure and give them a drug to deal with the high blood pressure without dealing with the stress is foolish. And that's what our medical system is. It is completely foolish and not based in science. 
So we have to look at the autonomic nervous system. One part keeps you alive under stress, and that's the sympathetic, or fight or flight. The other part regenerates tissue, and that's the parasympathetic, or rest, digest, and repair. Now, here's the Comprehensive Physiology Journal, 2014. Further understanding the regulatory mechanisms linking sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and immune system is critical for understanding relationships between chronic disease development and immune system-associated autonomic nervous system function. Absolutely it is. Why? Because we have a sick population, not sick with COVID. That's stupid. Okay? Sick without this. You're talking 60% of Americans have a chronic illness of it. These are adults and 54% of our children. Why? Because we are under physical, chemical, and emotional stress. And those chronic illnesses, like all the data suggests, are adaptations. Um, and, and I love this, this one article. Okay, this came out August 2020, cambridge.org. Uh, the, the interventions or what the government has done of shutting down the entire economy. Now, that's going to cause a massive rise in deaths of despair. We covered that last week. Uh, but what is it? Is there any um, like like data behind it to help them uh, to help the government to say, hey, look, maybe we've overreacted or maybe we've uh, responded incorrectly or maybe there's a better um, a better approach. Uh, well, this one, the title of the article, Living with COVID, Balancing Costs Against Benefits in the Face of the Virus. Quote, the evidence suggests that cost continuing severe restrictions in the United Kingdom are largely relative to the likely benefits. So um, are large relative to the likely benefits. So a substantial easing in the general restrictions in favor of more targeted measures is warranted. Uh, in <laughs> in English, although they are speaking British, you know, two cultures separated by a common language, Britain and U, or UK and America, they're saying that the, the the there is a need to normalize how they view COVID, like in its cost, its restrictions, in comparison to other health problems, because if 99.9% of people are getting over this, fantastic. So what does chronic stress do? So if we know that a virus is a stressor, but also physical, chemical, and emotional stressor, how does your body respond to that? Well, the adrenals get it get get activated. That alters your digestive, reproductive, and endocrine system. And in fact, then finally the autonomic nervous system, and this is the hypothalamus. A hypothalamus, because think of this, your body, you've got an endocrine system or like a hormonal system, and you have an electrical system or the nervous system. The hypothalamus is actually in both. So the hypothalamus regulates or gets information from the sympathetic nervous system, and then this translates over into your body's response. Now, this is hugely important when you look at this, because if you're treating a diagnosis without looking at the problem, you're in deep trouble. Like if you think of 25 to 50% of kids placed on an antidepressant um, who stay on that antidepressant for five years will be converted to bipolar disorder. That's right. 
if you look at steroids, and again, now think of this, glucocorticosteroids, okay, they're used from rashes to lupus to asthma. They're used for everything. Were you aware, and this is at the American Journal of Psychiatry 2012, that these can increase, well, they affect the hippocampus amygdala and frontal lobe. And when we're talking about brain responses from psychotic diagnosis, you're going to hear a lot about the frontal lobe. And this is where anxiety, stress, depression, and impulse control come from. Well, glucocorticosteroids, they increase suicidal behavior and neuropsychiatric disorders. We're talking depression, mania, delirium, confusion, disorientation, panic. And yeah, they're passed out on everything. Why? Because these, these steroids negatively affect the hippocampus, amygdala, and frontal lobe. We know also um, that steroid hormones, particularly estrogen, so that you're looking at birth control, uh, pay huge um, uh, pathogenesis, or that's the contributing factor to damage and disease of neurodegenerative disorders. Why? Because it negatively affects the brain. Um, it, yeah, that's right, birth control, okay? Or since a lot of pesticides are estrogen-based, that's also it. But we also know, I mean, there's MSG inside of foods, those, and you can find it on the package by looking at hydrolyzed proteins, sodium caseinate, soy protein isolate. Those are all different names you can call MSG. We know that suicide and suicidal behavior has skyrocketed and we're talking from 1991 to 2017, a brilliant article out of pediatrics that talk about here, quote, suicide is the second leading cause of death in children 12 to 18 years old, and in 2017 accounted for 2,200 deaths in this age group. I know, it's frightening, uh, because this is uh, uh, our population. Now, the, when you're looking at suicide, suicidal thoughts, obviously the drugs can contribute to it. Obviously, vaccines can cause a, a systemic inflammation, and that can contribute to it. But let's face it, we're losing our young people, and that is completely not appropriate. Um, and, and think of this, because right now, and this is one of the reasons that we're talking about this, um, the, the kids are being held away from school. They're being held away from their, their friends. They're, they're seeing their rights taken away. They're having to force to wear a mask. Um, they're told to stay away from their friends. So are they sick? Are the, the whole world is changing. So anxiety, stress, and suicide are, are huge now. It's, it's massive. You're talking estimates are up to over 800,000 people in America are going to die of deaths of despair. So this is a critical uh, issue right now. If you are thinking about suicide, if you've contemplated it, um, if, if, if you have anxiety about it, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, that's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Its number is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. If you're a young person, old person, whatever, you're looking at the news, turn off the news. Turn off the news. Okay, there's, there's an old story. Um, this, this, I, th I think it's a Cherokee story where a grandpa is talking to his grandson. 
and says that everybody inside of him has two wolves, one bad that's always anger and frustration and, and violence, and the other is good, joy, and love, and peace. And they're always at battle to, to win over the soul of the man. And the young boy said, well, which one wins? And the grandpa says, the one you feed. Right now, if you're watching media, you are being fed with such massive, unscientific garbage and fear that you are going to be wearing a mask, not hugging people, keeping social distance, happily accepting that your Bill of Rights is gone. So please, if you are considering, um, if, if you are just at the end of your rope, please call the National Suicide Hotline. Now, here's the joy. You have an ability inside of your body. It's called endogenous pharmacotherapy. This means that your body inside can, can produce the right chemicals to help you thrive in this environment, not just survive. And one of the things, and this is for your brain, okay, there's a brain plasticity. It, it's the ability of your brain to produce new neurons, and this is environmental enrichment, physical exercise, literally cause neuroplasticity. What does that mean? That means if you move your body, and I'm talking just walking a little bit a day, you're, you are stimulating the cerebellum, this area in the back of the brain, and that controls the frontal lobe. This is why animals pace when they're stressed. This is why if you go for a walk and exercise, this is also why when you have completely insane leaders that wall off or tell you to not go to the park or not go to the beach or not go to social gatherings or not go to sporting events, I mean, that, that's insane. What it, you need to do right now is to get empowered. Respect your body's processes. Pain is a clue there's a problem. High blood pressure is a clue that you're under stress. Diabetes, type 2. 95% of all diabetics are type 2, and that's from stress. High cholesterol, stress. Okay, depression, frontal lobe dysfunction. So uh, if you treat the symptom without treating the cause, you have a poor outcome. We know the University of Alabama did a study that talked about blood pressure drugs. Every time you take one blood pressure drug, your risk of stroke increases about a third. Um, because you cannot lower blood pressure with a chemical and expect to have a good um, result. If you take cholesterol-lowering drugs, that increases heart failure and hardening of the arteries. If you take a non anti-inflammatory for pain, they did a study on dementia, which affects one in two. It's almost a one-in-one ratio in America. Okay, why? Because we're poisoning our population. And they tried to give non anti-inflammatories, and we're talking like Advil, Motrin, Aleve, Tylenol, um, to people with dementia because they saw brain inflammation. Now, inflammation is how the body heals. Why these idiots never learned it in medical school, God knows. Maybe their school is trained by the pharmaceutical industry, so they are drilled into this symptom drug, symptom drug protocol. They not only need to be fired, they need to be drugged through cactus naked until they learn something. Because this is insanity. So what they looked, they, they looked at people with dementia having inflammation of the brain. Now, are they looking at to see if there's a good cervical curve, if cerebral spinal fluid is flowing down, where the, the tissue damage is, because inflammation is the end result of tissue damage. It's a repair process. No, they just gave the drug. And they found out 
that there was an increase in Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, and they're confused at it. Uh, when you look at other effects from the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, hearing loss, bleeding, congenital heart failure, um, if you lower blood glucose utilizing uh, glucophage or metformin, if you lower blood glucose 9%, you have a 19% increased risk of death. Okay, if you lower blood glucose with those medications without dealing with the stress, you lower it 14%, you have a 43% increase in death. I'm telling you, look at Gabriel Cousins' book, Dr. Gabriel Cousins. The title of the book is There is a Cure for Diabetes. The guy is right. When you look at others, because we're talking about the frontal lobe, we're talking about anxiety, stress, and depression. Drugs that can are linked to depression, high blood pressure drugs, and this is beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, um, birth control is linked to it, cholesterol drugs, uh, forget the Chantrix, where the smoking cessation, uh, oh my God, the um, cyclovir, okay, antiviral medications, uh, uh, antibiotics, barbiturates, seizure medications, uh, benzodiazepines, and this is Xanax, Clonopin, um, Ativan, all of these things. They are linked to depression and anxiety. We know the Journal of Law and Medical Ethics uh, wrote that brilliant article a couple of years ago called Institutional Corruption of Pharmaceuticals and the Myth of Safe and Effective Drugs. The myth. Okay, we know there's a gut-brain connection. So when we're talking about stress and anxiety and that delusion of diagnosis, if you, if you have high blood pressure, if you have type 2 diabetes, if you have elevations in cholesterol, uh, find the source of it. Look for the physical, chemical, and emotional source. If your doctor does not understand that those are stress adaptations, you need to fire him. Absolutely. If he is suggesting social distancing and mask and you have no comorbid conditions, ask him about what is your actual risk. If your kids are playing in a park without a mask, is that dangerous or safe? If the kids are normal, you are going to it's essential for them. It's good for their immune system to get out of play. But the gut brain access um, hugely important. So this means if you're taking non-organic food, packaged foods, antibiotics, this can damage the gut flora. And, and we know that you can change, you can manipulate the gut bacteria, and this alters how the brain functions. Um, gastrointestinal issues in autism spectrum disorder. This was a review from Harvard Review of Psychiatry, and they found out, sure enough, that if you alter the gut, you alter the brain. So this means um, if you're complying with the locked-in home order, if you're complying with the no walking in a park, if you're complying with covering a mask when you're driving, um, even though you have no comorbid conditions and you are healthy, um, look at the science behind it, okay? Is that at adding to your life or is it detracting from your life? So let's look at that hippocampus. We know movement, movement stimulates that cerebellum and helps the brain. We know that high-fat diets help that brain. We know that, that um, deep sleep, so sleep-restricted therapy, will help that brain. We know neurolinguistic programming will help that brain. I mean, there are so many things that you can do to regenerate that brain. 
Um, and and but you've got to have help. If you are at the end of your rope, please, please um, talk to someone. Talk to a professional. Uh, we know that that there is a huge aluminum toxicity with our um, population. Could this be a contributing factor to the 54% of children that have a chronic illness disease and 60% of adults? It could be because when you look at it, let's say you take a child um, to the well baby check, and they, they'll get up to around eight vaccines. That's about 1,000 um, micrograms of aluminum. Now, if the kid is 350 pounds, that's, uh, that's going to be a, the, the dose that the child can handle. You're not going to have a 350-pound child getting eight vaccines, so we know there's aluminum toxicity in a lot of pro in a lot of of kids. And what does that do? That causes uh, the brain to not function correctly. Uh, so let's take back our world. Um, get no if you have fluoridated water, get it. Get a water filter. Get rid of that. We know that um, your blood-brain barrier does not fully form until we're talking adolescence. So you cannot put any neurotoxics or things that are poisonous to the brain inside of the body uh, before that blood-brain barrier is filmed or formed. We know acetaminophen, okay, and that's going to be Tylenol, depletes glutathione, and then that leads to brain damage. So how do you correct the problem? First, do not poison yourself. Okay, literally, if you're taking a drug for a stress response, find out the source of it and, and uh, correct the problem and then talk to your doctor to get off of the drugs. Um, movement literally stimulates that brain, but also deep sleep, and you can reprogram it by doing neurolinguistic programming. This is where you're utilizing body posture, volume, intonation, and breathing with a healthy diet, healthy, healthy connection, and connect with people of like-minded. If you have a fear, wear the mask. If you're educated and you don't have a fear, do not wear the mask. Do not comply with insanity. All of this stuff is going to be put on um, our website um, as long as it's there. Go to drjohnbergman.com. Go to extremehealthacademy.com. Go to our BitChute site. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate, and you will get better. We will thrive through this. God bless you, and I love you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.